Let's sell liberty and look good doing it with Proud Libertarian. Folks, when we're selling liberty, we have to start things off by peaking interest. And what better way to peak some interest than by rocking some amazing apparel from Proud Libertarian. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Do Good Recklessly t-shirt, but there's more than t-shirts to find from awesome taxationist theft snapbacks to the killer Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death hoodies. Proud Libertarian has all the libertarian swag you need. And guess what? Brian Nichols Show audience members can rock the latest libertarian swag and save some cash on every single order. All you have to do, use code TBNS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire cart at checkout. That's right. Each time you order, use code TBNS and you'll instantly get 10% off your entire order. Listen, I am super excited to have Proud Libertarian here as a sponsor on The Brian Nichols Show, so do me a favor. Head over there to Proud Libertarian, place your order today, use code TBNS at checkout, save 10% on your order, and help support libertarian entrepreneurs today. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Happy Friday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on another fun-filled episode of another fantastic conversation and today we are in store for Nathan McGrath from the Fairness Center. Now, the Fairness Center, we've heard uh, the former CEO, David Osborne, on the program uh, discussing the Fairness Center, uh, but we're getting a refresher. Who is the Fairness Center and specifically some of the, uh, some of their, their wins that they've been having focusing on helping protect those public sector employees who are being harmed whether they know it or not, by their uh, public sector unions. Uh, one of the best lines from today's episodes. If you're uh, told not to ask that question, maybe don't dig deeper. Well, don't definitely dig deeper. Uh, and that's actually uh, the, the precipice to uh, one of the stories we hear today. So uh, a great conversation. So with that being said, on to the show, Nathan McGrath here on The Brian Nichols Show. All right, Nathan. Well, thank you for joining the program. So we uh, we had had the conversation in the past. Who is the Fairness Center, um, I say we, it was myself and uh, David Osborne, uh, your predecessor, and a uh, great conversation, get to, to learn more about the Fairness Center, but candidly, since we last uh, had spoken uh, about the Fairness Center, the audience has grown quite a bit, so a uh, great opportunity to uh, to reach some new folks out there, so so how about this, let's start off, who is the the Fairness Center, and, and what role are you guys playing here in helping protect public sector employees? Profit public interest law firm, we've expanded a bit. Uh, probably since last time that we've been on the show, we started with a focus in Pennsylvania. So we've grown a little bit, added some more attorneys, more clients, that type of thing. And what we really do, we have the the great opportunity to really stand in the gap for folks who have had their rights trampled by uh, union officials and to help them bring lawsuits and get legal relief when normally they probably wouldn't ever get that because a lot of their cases are you know, a couple hundred dollars, maybe a couple thousand dollars in damages as far as the money goes. And it just wouldn't even make sense to bring a lawsuit because, you know, a couple hours with an attorney and, and you're already out. So yeah, uh, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But uh, the neat thing is a lot of these folks, they have constitutional rights that have been injured as well and statutory rights. And so these rights would never be uh, vindicated in the court of law if an organization like us, if we weren't there to provide them with free legal services and uh, to give them hopefully top-notch uh, legal representation. 
And I think a lot of it too is, is a lot of folks don't realize that you guys are there as, as a resource. And, and that's partly why I want to make sure we had you in the program was because not only are you guys a resource, but you guys have been, been having a lot of success as that, that resource. And, and most recently you guys had, uh, Erie City, um, over here in PA, uh, a judgment against their union where their union was violating their rights. So let's, let's kind of talk about right here in this specific case example. Cause I think, you know, telling stories is one of the best ways to help convey these ideas. Um, so let's kind of set the stage. What, what was this, um, the situation where you guys were able to help out the, uh, the employees of Erie County? Yeah, so we represent those who have been hurt by public sector union officials, and that's certainly the uh, the case here. And uh, the judge agreed with us uh, for you know for the good of our clients there. So what we had is you have a group of employees at Erie Waterworks, and uh, their collective bargaining agreement came up for renegotiation. And what they were really concerned about and what they even conveyed to the union was, listen, we are really interested in uh, post-retirement uh, benefit subsidy. And, and uh, that is really our priority. And so uh, they conveyed that. The union went and negotiated. And what the employer did, Erie Waterworks, they came back with a, as was their tradition, really, with a final offer. But it had two options. The first option had this retirement benefit that our clients wanted. It also had a, a, a raise in it. Uh, but what it did was it took new employees, so employees who weren't even there yet, people who would be hired in the future, they took them off a pension system and put them on a defined contribution system. And then the second option that the employer gave was uh, a smaller raise uh, and no retirement benefit but it kept the pension system. And what the union did, they said, you know what, we're not even going to tell them about the first option. We're just going to give them the second option. And so at the union ratification meeting where they got all these folks together, there's about 20 in this bargaining unit. So kind of a small bargaining unit. They explained what, you know, what they were presenting as the option. And uh, our, our client, one of our clients even stood up and said, well, wait a second, we are really interested in this retirement benefit what about that? And the union said, nope, that is off the table. This is your option and you better take it because if we go back, we'll probably get a worse option. It could be a lot worse for you. And, you know, the kicker is the funny thing is this union has in its own constitution and bylaws, they have a provision where they have a union member's bill of rights. And it specifically says you're entitled to all pertinent information when it comes to collective bargaining agreements and, and what you'd be voting on that type of thing. And so obviously a violation there. And uh, so anyway, they, you know, concealed this from our clients and the, uh, our clients and the rest of the barring unit kind of thinking, well, there's nothing else to do. Uh, they ratified it. And so they ratified the option they didn't really want with the lower pay, no retirement, um, but that the union wanted. And so a couple of days later, their employer actually sent out an email and just said, Hey, just so you know, I guess we're voting on this one, but you had this other option. Well, our clients were like, man, we didn't know this. Like, you know, union, did you know this? You know, so they got pretty riled up and uh, 13. So the bargaining unit was about 20 people. About 13 of them joined an email and sent an email to the union and said, hey, we want to revote. You know, we, we like this other option better. That's what we actually wanted. And the union said, nope, denied them a revote. And uh, so they kind of bickered back and forth for a little bit. And uh, that's when they came to us and said, you know, is there anything that you can do for us in this situation? 
And uh, thankfully, you know, it fit in our mission statement. And uh, so the unions have this incredible um, power as the exclusive representative. So they're the only ones that get to talk to the employer for all these employees. And with that power, the law has put on them this uh pretty high level of responsibility is called a duty of fair representation. And so they have to represent these folks uh, and they can't deal with them in bad faith. They arbitrarily or discriminatorily. And, uh, you know, we looked at it and we said, you know, we feel like given the facts as we know it, the, the union has really dealt with these, these uh, members in, you know, probably breached their duty of fair representation to them basically, because, you know, these union members had rights. They were basically, I mean, they would say uh, just failed to mention it, but it's pretty much lied to them, uh, concealed information at least. And so we ended up filing a lawsuit for them uh, based on that issue. And we just said, hey, listen, you concealed it. You broke your duty of fair, breach your duty of fair representation. And uh, we think you should either give them a revote or you should give them their money that, you know, they would have otherwise gotten under this other contract. <laughs> I think the part that was probably the scariest of that entire story. Uh, now, obviously, you won the 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 ruling there in the case, but it, spoiler alert, folks, right? Um, but um, yeah, <laughs> surprise. Don't put but, a hair on me there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but the part that was really scary was that this could have been entirely missed were it not for the employer sending that rogue email. And people yeah. catching wind and being like, "Wait, hold up, <laughs> what's going yep. on?" That's wow. That that's really a big red flag. Well, and the union actually filed a, a charge against them with the PA Labor Board over that. Said, "No, you can't talk to them about that." So that was a whole different issue. We weren't involved in that, but yeah, the union they the union filed a board charge with the employer over that. That's why. So, I mean, really, if we're gonna kind of think about this a little bit more there there's probably a lot of folks out there who they're i mean for the lack of a better uh, expression they're getting screwed by their their union and they don't even realize it yeah well it's interesting how many times folks will call us about one issue and they'll be talking with us about that and just in you know i always tell our our people ask really good questions and listen well and, and right during the course of the conversation You'll, you'll go, wait, stop, hold on, tell me about that, you know, and they will have no idea even that their rights were violated. And then they'll tell you about something else that was far more egregious, as, at least as the law's concerned. And so it's right. really interesting how many times things like this happen, but people just don't think they have any recourse. They don't know who to turn to. And uh, again, that's just our really neat opportunity to be there for people like that and to provide them with representation where, you know, uh, private practice attorney wouldn't really do this because there's not a lot of money in it for them. You know, I was in yeah. private practice once you got to bill hours, you got to make money. That's the point of a for-profit organization, right? So uh, we have a neat opportunity to not so much worry about that, but worry about really strictly people's rights. Like, have your rights been violated? Do you fit our mission statement? Okay, let's try to help you. So for the folks out there, I'm still stuck on this whole, the fact that people wouldn't have known if we're not for this email and and that that just is is horrifying to me because if your average person out there in a public sector uh job who is represented by a public union or public sector union that they are you know in in again for the lack of a better term being screwed by their union and they don't realize it i guess like, i i want them to be empowered to know 
maybe like the warning signs of like there are some things here that don't make sense so i mean is there like maybe like a top three things that you should be looking out for on top of just asking a lot of questions but maybe some like behavior that's weird or things that are a little shady that people should be you know that should get the spidey senses tingling some yeah uh i would say probably the Oh, that's a great question. I haven't been asked that before, but I would say just off the top of my head, the thing that comes to mind that I often hear is when folks do start to ask questions, they just get told, hey, don't worry about that or, you know, don't pay attention to that, basically. And I'll, I'll give you a great example. Actually, we represent some PA correctional officers and a couple of them a number of years ago started thinking, you know, uh, it's really strange what's happening with our money. We think that there's something fishy going on. And of course, they're told nothing to see here, nothing to see here. But one of the, our clients actually was able to get some uh, bank statements and some other documents. And, you know, kudos to him. He spent some time and put together like a pretty official looking audit. And he brought it to us and he said, you know, I think like $20,000 has gone missing. That has been skimmed off by our local treasurer. And, uh, you know, we're kind of like, well, that's a big accusation. And, and we looked at it and we we agreed. We were like, yeah, we we think you have something here. So we we filed a lawsuit against the treasurer. And the main thing that we said was happening based off of what we saw was that he was there were a couple categories, but the union had a rule and all checks had to have two signatures. Well, we were seeing copies of checks that only had his signature were only written to him and um, then written to um, a, they were written out to him to reimburse him for a charity. Well, the charity said they never got the money and like all this type. So stuff started not adding up. And, and so we filed the lawsuit and actually a month after we filed a, the lawsuit, among other things, the uh, Pennsylvania state police swooped in and actually arrested one of the guys we had sued and charged him criminally with what our clients were suing him for civilly. And we were like, dang, they actually did know what was going on. <laughs> like wow. it, it brought a lot of validity to our client's lawsuit uh, just based off of that because the state police found even more money missing. So, you know, it's based off of these guys basically kind of going, hey, we think something's wrong. And they had actually taken what they had brought to us before they brought it to us. They had actually taken it to their union official and their union officials were like, you need to, you need to stand down. Like, you know, don't worry about that. So don't worry about that. I think right there, that's going to be the quote of the episode. Don't worry about that. Because if you hear that, that, that's yeah. Red flag alert. Yeah. And, and I guess now I'm going to put my, my sales guy hat on, right? Because I want to know how we got here. So whenever I'm talking to, uh, actually it's, it's funny, I'm in training mode. I just had a brand new employee that I'm, I'm onboarding. And uh, one of the things that we're talking about is is really you want to figure out in my industry, it's greater telecommunications, cybersecurity industry, but you want to figure out how they got to the solution that they currently have. How, how like we, we reverse engineer because likely nine times out of 10, the same buying behaviors that they took in that journey, they're going to take in a new journey looking at a new option. So mm. I, I say that. And let's look at this as like the quote unquote problem, right? This, this kind of, there seems to be an incentive structure of sorts in place for public sector union uh, bosses 
to go against the wishes of the people that they're supposed to be representing. So, so Nathan, what's kind of the, I guess, in your experience, what's the root cause that we can maybe look at and maybe start to address as the underlying, I guess, incentive that's pushing uh, these these union bosses to actually go after their public sector employees they're supposed to be representing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of it is there's there's not a lot of accountability built into the the system, generally speaking, in the public sector union kind of structure. So yeah. in, let me give you an example. So in the private sector, where you have a union that's negotiating with the company and the company owners, there's a there's a pretty good accountability structure there and a push and pull. Whether you agree with collective bargaining or not, that's kind of a side issue at, at this point. But so you have an employer that obviously has money in a company and you know they've got to keep things running and people employed. Right. And then you have a union that's speaking for the employees. And if the union makes kind of an outrageous demand, then the employer says, well, you know, Maybe I do that, but then your people are out of a job because I can't keep the doors open. And so there's some balance there. And it goes the other way, too. If the employer is being ridiculous, the union says, hey, guess what? Your workforce walks. And so there's a good push and pull and you end up kind of in the middle. Uh, In the public sector, though, it's a little bit different. And this is actually why even FDR way back when was like public sector unions not a good deal for the country because of this. What I'm going to explain. (laughs) Wow. Hold on. Hold on. FDR is saying it's a bad idea yeah, for the cook. Yeah, Whoa. Yeah, so yeah, he, uh, he actually wrote this letter to, I think one of the union um, presidents at the time, I, I think that's the case where he was just saying, you know, I, I don't, I don't think this is a good scenario. And, and why it is, is because you have unions negotiating with government officials. Well, government officials, that's not their money. And in fact, unions support and help, get government officials elected. So let me bring it down to like the school district level, right? So you have the teachers union get involved in a school district race and they help elect the, uh, you know, the school board. And so then it's the very people then that they go in and negotiate the contract. And so they say, hey, nice to see you. Um, Here's a contract. This is what we'd like. And the people on the other side, you have two problems. One may be well, these guys help get us elected, you know, maybe, maybe we do, maybe we don't. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what goes on in their head, but you could see it could be a possibility. And then your other problem is the school board member sits there and goes, well, it's not really my money. It's taxpayer money. And so, you know, we need more money. We just raise taxes, whatever. Okay. You know, and, and they do these deals that in the private sector, you'd never have because, it just would it would hurt one side or the other pretty badly. But in the public sector, like I said, there's just not a lot of accountability there. And then the people who actually have to live with all of this, the employees, they don't really have a seat at the table at all. So why? Wow. And I think it's just, you know, the 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 union officials and the, you know, the government officials, they just kind of get this thing going. And um, no one really checks the other because, again, it's not really no one's, you know company or anything else is on the line right so i guess well how do we fix it i mean it, it, it that's it's a silly question just to blatantly ask but gen, i mean jen that's at the top first question that pops in my head because i mean it you outline it so easy to understand and i think your average person listening to that would be like well yeah that seems to be a problem right so gen, like genuinely how, how can we just not, not fix it doesn't it just make sense just like to, to find a way to just fix it yeah, I don't I don't know what the fix I mean 
I don't know what the fix is. I don't know what that magic bullet is. If, if you're going to continue to have the system the way it is, there's, um, you know, you, you could say, well, you got to pull all the money out. They can't support, you know, politicians, but then you run into, you know, First Amendment problems that way. And, and uh, you know, one thing we are as Americans, we believe in free speech. You should be able to support who you want, you know, those types of things. So um, most Americans believe that anyway. So, <laughs> You'd hope. <laughs> you, run into, you run into problems that way. So I don't know really what, what the fix is other than, you know, it, it's definitely a weakness of the structure, how it's set up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, and that's, I think, you know, this has been a reoccurring theme I've had on my show more recently is just, there seems to be by and large left, right, conservative, liberal, uh, you know, socialist, uh, libertarian, like everybody just seems to across the board acknowledge that something is wrong. Something doesn't feel right. Like we all are, are acknowledging the elephant in the room that there's an elephant in the room, but it's in terms of, well, is it though an elephant or is it a hippo? Like we, we really can't determine it's just a big mass of object and it's there and it's looming. So I, I guess, you know, right now it's on us to at least try to, to, I guess, find some answers start to start thinking of some answers. So I, I challenge my audience now out there to, to start thinking of some, some ways we can fix this. But how about this? You know, in the meantime, we do have organizations, obviously, Nathan, like the Fairness Center, who are out there fighting the good fight. And you guys are, you're fighting the good fight for those, uh, really, otherwise, folks who wouldn't be getting the help. And, and to your point, because there really isn't that incentive structure in place out there to, to help them. So thank you, number one, for what you're doing. But number two, some good news. You guys have been growing uh, since we last had uh, some some uh, spokes uh, reps here on the show about the Fairness Center from just being in PA to now expanding your reach to New York and New Jersey. So let's kind of talk about that. Uh, what led to that venture and uh, what can folks in those new uh, territories, being that of New York and New Jersey, uh, do in terms of getting in touch with the Fairness Center if they need help? Yeah, yeah. It's that um, just quick. It's uh, New York and Connecticut, actually. I may have misspoken. Oh, Connecticut. Gotcha. Sorry. Sorry, folks. Uh, Well, maybe New Jersey someday too. You know, I'm sure there's people there that need help as well. But, uh, you know, it's the the Connecticut expansion was really quite interesting. We uh, have always kind of kept an open mind to expansion. And we had a local uh, firefighters union president reach out to us and say, hey, we've got a real bad situation up here. and we're trying to get away from our state affiliate. You know, they were finding that, A, the there wasn't a lot of value paying up to the state affiliate. And it was, they were spending like $30,000 a year on that. B, their state affiliate was actually lobbying for bills that they as a local were opposed to. And so not only were they paying them, but they were paying them to lobby against their interest as, as they saw it. And so... They wanted to separate. Uh, it's a long, drawn-out story over a couple of years, but basically, the the state affiliate said, "No, you can't get away from us. You know, you're 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 in the family." And uh, so they came to us and said, "What can we do?" This was after the state affiliate had started to send uh, collection agencies wow. after them, and so they said, "Man, we got to do something." And so we got involved, and we had a uh, a couple days of hearings and. The interesting evidence that was put on there. So the judge actually ruled in our client's favor and said, yes, you can disaffiliate and you can get away. Then the case kind of moved to money. You know why? Because when we were doing discovery and what came out in court, we started to find out, well, the state president was flying his, you know, 18, 19 uh, year long fiance around the country. You know, they were going to the Caribbean. They were buying 
you know, Motown tickets and all this sort of stuff. And uh, we found a lot of expenditure where the judge even said, you know, there was mis-expenditures from uh, a loan that was taken. The pack wasn't being reported properly. I mean, all this sort of stuff that was pretty corrupt. And so our clients at the time, they were saying, well, we just wanted to remove for a couple of years to get kind of our fiscal house in order. But as things started to come out at the hearing and into the public record, they were like, oh, man, we don't want to go back because look at everything they're doing with our money that doesn't have to do with representing us. And right. so that was kind of our first launch into into Connecticut. And, and what a case it was. It was pretty interesting. And uh, so we've been helping clients up there. And then uh, again, kind of New York came about in the same way where we just started getting people kind of going, hey, we've been at this for a long time. We're not getting any relief. We need help. And uh, they were getting uh, directed to us. And so we thought, you know, this is probably the right time to go ahead and do that. And we filed our first case in New York, actually, uh, just two months ago in January of, of, of this year. So we just we've just started into New York. So I'm going to put this out there as a challenge to my audience because so we've, we've done so first and foremost, this, this net, uh, show is a part of the greater We Are Libertarians network. And we've done internal polling uh, in terms of or not polling <laughs> surveys, rather, um, of our audience. And one of the things that was astonishing to me, um, but now that I think about it, it shouldn't be, is that our top three. Um, our top three occupations for folks that listen to the network are those in the public sector, looking primarily at teachers, uh, looking primarily at folks like um, uh, military personnel, law enforcement, corrections officers, firefighters. So we're seeing that the folks that are listening to the program that is a overtly, you know, and you know, I know obviously you guys aren't political by any stretch, but, you know, from just the ideas that they're not really in line with this idea of like big government. So I would say to, to folks who listen to the program that are public sector employees, please share today's episode. They're like, this is super important because, I mean, to the point we, we raised up earlier in the, the episode you don't even know what might be happening behind closed doors. And it might take, you know, just that one person who needs to hear this episode to, to start asking more questions. So yes, they can hear the proverbial, well, don't you worry about that. And then the red flag can go up and they can go ahead and reach out to the Fairness Center and all the uh, the great reps there. And actually, it's funny, when we were going through and, and discussing that, I, I recognized this story about Connecticut. And I had to go, I was like, was it back when I had David Osborne on the show? And I'm thinking back, it was actually, I had Connor Dragotis back when he was with you guys in Philadelphia here. I was the uh, the chapter leader for America's Future Foundation. And he came and did a speech. And I think you guys were just working on that, that case at that point in time. Oh, yeah. It rung a bell, and I was like, I think I know this. So, uh, but anyways, that's that's great work. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm so glad you guys are doing the work you're doing. Um, so, Nathan, how about this? Let's leave uh, the, the show here. Um, some call to action. What can folks do to, to help support you guys and make sure that they're raising up the awareness that they can? Yeah, well, I, I think that uh, if you do know anyone who a union official has, you know, taken advantage of them or they've had difficulties with their union, uh, you know, certainly point them in our direction uh that that would be uh, a great step you could take because you know that's what we exist to do is to help folks who otherwise wouldn't have anywhere to turn to and uh, that that gives us the greatest joy so i i would probably leave your audience with that so uh, and then go to our website see what we have going on we have some great uh videos there featuring our, uh, some of our clients you can read about the stories you can even look and, and see some of the court documents we filed. If you really want to put yourself to sleep, you know, you can read those. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, there's uh, a lot of ways to just get interested and involved in, and probably a lot of the stuff that we've uh, litigated or been involved in, probably a lot of people wouldn't even know that, oh, that's a violation or, oh, I could go to court over that. So Right there. There it is. Because if, if it takes, honestly, all, all, that's all it takes is that one person to uh, to hear it and to say, oh, that, that sounds like me. And again, that red flag gets raised. And then, yes, we'll make it really easy for folks if they want to go ahead and get in touch with the Fairness Center or at least want to learn more. Go ahead. Uh, we'll include the link to the Fairness Center website in the show notes. But with that being said, Nathan McGrath, thank you so much for joining us here on The Brian Nichols Show. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Get ready to start your new morning ritual with our new sponsor, Mudwater. Coffee is one of America's favorite beverages, with more and more people starting their coffee habits every day with a cup of that flavorful anxiety juice. But let's be real. Have you ever heard anyone say, I'm working on getting more coffee into my life? Millions of people complain about the jitters that come from coffee consumption. Our morning coffee rituals can be habit-forming, and for some people, can make getting a good night's sleep almost impossible. And while nearly all of us like the smell, taste, and ritual of our morning coffee, why not explore eliminating the negative aspects of our morning brew? Well, what if your coffee replacement helped induce alertness, not dependency, improve mental capacity and function, improve physical stamina and performance, improve immunity and overall health? Oh, and by the way, it tastes good enough to drink every single day. Meet Mudwater. Mudwater is your fastest growing coffee alternative in the market, consisting of organic ingredients lauded by cultures both old and young for their health and performance benefits. With one-seventh the caffeine of coffee, Mud gives you the natural energy and focus you expect from coffee, but without the jitters and crash. With an organic blend of mushrooms and ingredients like cacao, marsala, chai, turmeric, lion's mane, and more, Mud Water offers a beverage like no other. Whether you want to enjoy it hot, cold, as a latte, or however you take your coffee in the morning, Mud Water is zero sugar, zero crash, zero jitter alternative, sure to leave you feeling recharged and refocused. Listen, I'm really excited to have Mud Water as a sponsor here on The Brian Nichols Show because I've been able to see the Mud Water difference for myself, and you can too, so click the link in the show notes to get some mud, support the show, and get your new morning ritual started right with Mud Water. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation today with Nathan McGrath from the Fairness Center. Thank you, Nathan, for joining the program. And folks, if you got some value out of today's episode, well, you know the drill. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and share today's episode, especially with those uh, folks out there who are probably a member of a public sector union. So if you know some folks, which I know we all do, uh, who are in the public sector, well, go ahead and send them this episode. And this might be the episode they need to hear to say, hey, maybe I should ask some questions. So, uh, folks, when you go ahead and share that episode, you want to go ahead and make sure you tag me, tag me at B Nichols Liberty, and you can do that over on Twitter, Facebook, Minds.com, and Parler.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode in particular, we'll go ahead and make sure you let me know. Email me, Brian, at BrianNicholsShow.com. Coming up next week, we have another very, very fun and very, very busy week. Uh, starting out here on Sunday, we are continuing with our fantastic candidate series and uh, we're going to go right next door here to uh, the greater philadelphia area and we're going to talk to nicholas magner now nicholas is running for assembly in the great state of new jersey for in 2021 in the fourth district and is a great chance to go ahead and learn more about why nicholas is running uh, for assembly as a libertarian then coming up here on monday we are joined by the one and only michael rufo of course sticking in our our new jersey cohorts he just uh, got elected v- vp 
of communications, I believe it is, for the Libertarian Party there up in New Jersey. And shout out to my awesome behind the scenes extraordinaire, uh, Frankie, who she's just absolutely killing it, helping us get, uh, you know, things scheduled, get, get graphics, uh, all scheduled with Hunter. I, I cannot thank you enough. And, and in this case, helping us get some awesome folks like Nicholas, Michael and some future guests you will hear coming down the pike uh, here on the show. So thank you, Frankie. Uh, you know, sneak peek there, all the work she's been doing. Wednesday, we are joined by Donnie Gebert talking about the uh, value of a decentralized republic. And then on Friday, a uh, friend of the show, Josh Smith, returns to the program talking about his new program, Break the Cycle. Three awesome shows next week, plus this awesome new episode coming up here for our Sunday Candidate Series on Sunday, meaning you have four episodes in store for you. So what do you need to do make sure you head over to apple podcasts go ahead subscribe to the program number one number two once you've hit subscribe go ahead and give us that five star rating and review and today is friday which means of course i'm going to go ahead and read one of those awesome five star reviews and today's review comes from c driggs who says always excellent brian is a must listen always excellent content excellent education and just a really good guy on top worth a subscribe a listen and a share. Thank you, C. Driggs. I appreciate the comment, and if you want to go ahead and hear your review right on the air, we can go to Apple Podcasts and give us, again, that five-star rating and review, and you'll hear your review read next Friday. So, folks, thank you for strapping in for another phenomenal week here on the program. I appreciate all the love, support, and downloads you guys have been doing so much in terms of helping share the the show, and I see it uh, in return in, in the download number, so I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you guys do and help sharing the show helping grow the program this is as much of a program that belongs to you guys as it is mine so thank you for all that you do to help the brian nichols show grow and reach more people to leave more folks feeling what educated enlightened and informed so that being said folks thanks so much for joining the program it's brian nichols signing off here for nathan mcgrath we'll see you on sunday thanks for listening to the brian nichols show find more episodes at brian Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.